good evening, patriots. It is Kalishnikitty, 1984, 1776, the name of my podcast because I always believe it's only two options in the world. And, of course, 1776 is a metaphor because we know that realistically is not going to happen. Um, I'm going to have a very serious conversation tonight, and it's going to be directed especially to people that have been in militia groups, 3% groups, um, patriot groups. Um, community defense groups, whatever you might want to call them. But the theory of a group and a non-group. And I'm going to, I really want people to listen to what I'm talking about tonight because this has been something God has hit me with and it's come up in conversation after conversation with people. And I want to ask people out there that are in these groups, why did we join them in the first place? So I'm going to tell you about me. The first time I joined a group was in the mid-2000s after I went down a rabbit hole of 9-11 and I got into the Patriot Act and we really believed that Obama was going to take the guns away and all these things were going to happen and I joined a group. And I think I joined it also because of the sense of belonging to people that understood what I believed in and what we believed in. Um, we, at the time, this was, I was with my ex-husband at the time, he was building um, parts kits for people. We were actually getting AKs and we were building them um, to 80%. Nothing illegal, of course. I mean, we had a lathe, we had a mill. You know, we got the... Um, the receivers at the time they weren't cutting the bow. So we were getting these things and networking with people that believed like we did. And there was a really good focus there was a really good sense of right and wrong. A lot of people enlisted after 9-11 and did their four years, whatever, got out. And really believed in the concept of America. But what I found is after a while, not everybody, of course, the group I was in was no way what you would see now as far as any kind of screening. Um, it was pretty much on a MySpace platform people invite you to join. Um, the only, I'll get screening or vetting that was involved was we went to have dinner with another couple and talked to them for the night. And after that, we got an invite to a group. Um, we did have people come to our house about a week later and it was just a social thing. Um, the kids played, we hung out and we were part of this group. And we always went to one particular location where they did training, you know, and um, it was mainly all the guys, the women were in the house with the kids. Um, hate to say it, I did not do that. Um, I don't play with kids really, even though I had kids. Um, but I got, that's how I got into the whole fitness thing with it because someone said, hey, you do fitness training, what, you know, let's go. So that was what I used to do. But. What I noticed is it was a really a social circle. And we had the bug out bags and this group got very, very large, it really did. 
but you never knew who was actually in the group at the organization because it was broken down. And I understand why you would want that because you don't sometimes want to know everybody in it because if one person is compromised, everybody is. But what happened is when they get together at different events or even a big get together for a holiday, whatever it might be, if one person identifies with that group and they get into trouble or people come into that group that are not necessarily like-minded in every way, meaning that they have more radical views and nobody caught that or whatnot, if the, the whole group will be destroyed. And pretty much that is what happened with this group. We only socialize with a very small number of people, I'll be honest, um, locally. We never went anywhere outside of a little location and only a few times did we ever meet a couple of the people that actually wound up being the downfall. And that was actually at like, we were not a church or a big kind of family reunion get together kind of thing. Never anything with training, never anything like that. And a lot of people never trained even. It was just more of a network. If this happens, we're going to hook up and, you know, and I, again, the internet was not what it is today. This was my space with something called Ning, N-I-N-G, the group bomb. And there wasn't a lot of communication as far as texting. I mean, we had a Nokia flip phone thing I, I still had at the time. So, you know, it wasn't very um, what you would see today. But the ideal was there that we believed there was trouble coming to America and we wanted a network of people. After it all fell apart and lives were completely destroyed and chaos because of it, I did not join a group for a very long time. It left, it just, you know, I couldn't do it again. I briefly got involved with some people that identified as patriots, but they didn't want to join a group either. And the funny thing is it became a group and that group fell apart. What happened in 2020, I got blindsided and March 2020, the first thing I realized is it's gonna hit the fan. And I'm out here alone. And the person I'm with, I realized was not like-minded at all, believe it or not. And in fact, once he mentioned the M word, the militia word to him, it was, here your bags on the side of the road, have a nice life. Um, but what I really have been thinking about is why did we join the groups? And everybody joins because I think they want a sense of belonging to something with people that agree with us politically, because we are the minority. We are right now, at least vocally. And we want people that we can talk to that understand what we think. But what is the real purpose? And a long time ago, when I first got into this, and we were involved in this other group, I'm not going to say it wasn't, I'm not going to mention names, I'm not going to mention the state or anything. That was something that was actually talked about. 
why it wasn't as formal as some other things might have been. Because ultimately, if it hits the fan, anybody that's going to pick up a weapon to fight with us, we're going to fight with. We're not going to say, oh, you're not in our group, you can't fight with us. And it made sense. And that's why they kept everything, I think, so compartmentalized and very, very loose. There was no rank. Um, there were, you know, we identified leaders and we knew they were leaders. That, but other than that, nobody really had rank. Everybody kind of volunteered for roles. It was very much communal, I guess. But it worked. It really did. We got a lot of good connections, learned a lot. I really did. Um, everything, you know, home birth. Um, you know, we had people that taught those kind of things. It was very prepper oriented, survival oriented. A lot of military. But like I said, it fell apart. And now I'm back here. And when I try to recruit, when you say group, people do not want to join a group. And I understand that. And someone asked me, and it really hit home. Why are you doing this? Why did you join something? What is it beyond social? Well, I believe shit's going to hit the fan and we're going to have to stand up and fight against all enemies foreign and domestic. Okay, they asked me, who are you going to fight against? Well, I don't know. It could be the UN. It could be our own government. If they turn the military into splits, it could be, um, I don't know. I said it could be, in my opinion, they're going to do something and made the false flag. Maybe, you know, a dirty bomb in the cities, create anarchy, and we're actually fighting just to stay alive. And then he looked at me and he said, then why are you, why are you pushing a group? Why not just be people and network with people and create a survival network within your own community? And then if people want to join a group, a formal group, great. And it's been gnawing at me, especially when a lot of groups now talking about auxiliaries and you don't have to join. You can be an auxiliary person, which is even more disgusting to me because that means you're not actually committed enough to join, but you want to actually hang out with the joining people. Why won't you swear an oath to it? Then if you're not going to make those people swear an oath, then why not get resources in the community to unite with us? is they're not going to swear an oath. For instance, the local gun shops, they can't join the FFL. The local feed stores that have medicines and things that would be beneficial if it hit the fan. Doctors, right? So many resources that you would need, but without this network, because you're making them join a group or they just want to become what they call, yeah, I'm 3%, I'm unorganized. I got my clan of six people, six families. That clan's going to fall apart. And I sat there listening to this, and a day later, I was talking to somebody again, and they said to me, it was, and I, I forget how I brought it up, but he said, well, so you're saying that if we don't swear, take an oath to your group or to another group, you're not going to fight with us when it hits a fan, even though we live in the same town here and 
most likely you're never going to make it out of this town. I saw, and the person called me out of one of my videos and I said, you know what, you're right. Because if it really hit the fan out of the blue, you're not going to get out of where you are. You're right. And all these people that are going to bug out somewhere. Have you ever seen the evacuations from like a hurricane or near the wildfires and the roads are jammed? Where are you evacuating to? And you're going to put your 10,000 rounds of ammo in your truck with your six babies. I made a joke about that earlier, but it's true. If we want to do something, whether we call it the militia or the Mickey Mouse Club, what is the goal of it? Is the goal, what is it? Well, to me, the goal was I'm not going to comply. I want to stand against tyranny. And I want, if they come and try to force vaccines, take our weapons, or God forbid the government does a major false flag and it's anarchy, well, then we need people. And, but those people are going to be people in our community. And we are literally turning them away and telling them, okay, have a good life. We are actually part of the problem of causing division. Now, like I said, I got so angry when they, you know, I've heard groups talk about the auxiliaries. Let's put the women in or, you know, the people aren't going to do this in an auxiliary. Well, I'll tell you something interesting. The Billy Badass, you think going to be the one that's going to do the most damage sometimes? The one that's going to be hiding under the table. I've seen it. So, my issue with not sign, swearing an oath is if you are going to be with somebody in that group, and to me it's a matter of trust, I'd rather have someone say, like these people, I'm not going to join a group at all. But if you're going to bring someone in and make them an auxiliary person, and they want to have this tie to your group, and they plan on coming with you hypothetically if it hits a fan, because they're married to somebody, well, I don't trust you. If you're not willing to swear an oath, and we are to this particular group, what makes me think at the end of the day, you're going to be there? I'd rather have someone be honest and say, I'm not going to join a group, but we need to start a prepping network in our own town. We need to have people in this town ready to defend this town. We don't need to take oaths to the town. We don't need to have alliances to a group, although people can join whatever groups they want. But in reality, if the mission to go back to the Constitution is to protect the town, and that's what a militia was, every citizen of that town was technically part of the militia. So, what are we doing here, people? All I've seen is groups come and groups go. Groups come and break up. They try to start, they end. They make a new one, it breaks up. Maybe it's time for no more groups right now. Maybe it's time for groups that do exist to say, okay, what's our mission purpose? If it's to actually unite, then you know what? Let's put away stupid, petty arguments. Because when the UN comes, what side are we going to be on? And let's worry about the towns and the families in the town. Because I'm going to tell you something. The people that I do survival work with do assessments for, you know, companies and plants, you know, security stuff. 
if you wanted to fortify a town, a perimeter of a town, you need to start like way in advance. Why not have people in the town come together and say, okay, if it came together, this is what we're going to do. If nobody talks about it, because you have to join a group. And the people that don't want to join a group don't trust anybody because you're not talking to anybody. So why not start a community defense program? Doesn't matter if it's a natural disaster, tyranny, whatever it be. What are we going to do in the case of an event? Because we all in this town together. How are we going to set up roadblocks? How are we going to set up a perimeter? Is it possible? Who has what resources? And the thing is, you're not breaking any kind of obstacles or doing it because there's nothing to be broken up. This is purely logistical. And what's wrong with that? Maybe this is why our nation has fallen apart. I haven't talked to people from the group I was in that went down, and it went down hard. I mean, I'm talking criminal, okay? And a mess. And very, very good people lost a lot. I will say I'm very radical and outspoken. A lot of trouble I've had, I brought on myself. Because I had to keep my mouth shut. But back in reality of it all, what do we have in common? If we don't, if we didn't have a name for those people that came in to identify with us with, and we were just a town trying to come up with a plan to protect ourselves against whatever might happen, no one's life would have been ruined. But the minute you all you start getting this group, and if you're not running background checks on people, and you're not vetting, 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 and here's the thing about vetting. There are some people that are felons that I would rather have at my side than so-called Christian patriots. Okay? Being a felon doesn't make you a bad person. Laws are arbitrary. And what I mean by that is I'm not talking about someone that molested a five-year-old child or someone that robbed a bank at gunpoint. But there are a lot of people that are considered felons that maybe even serve their time and don't have gun rights. And I would rather stand next to some of those people that I know personally than Christians that are fake in the church houses. When I was having this discussion, I didn't know the person I was talking to was actually law enforcement. And he said, we talk about this. And I was like, you do? And he was like, yeah, we do. And... The problem is, if you bring up the notion and you call it anything, people, especially militia, people get nervous. And citizens get nervous. Everybody is paranoid. Oh my God, they're going to know I got, you know, horse tranquilizers and I got this in the feed house and I have this. That's not what it has to be about. Because if it really came down to it, No one's going to be thinking like that. I don't believe it. People will come together because their families are there. Now, once if it's invaded, it'll fall apart. Yes, and and there'll be breakdown. 
but at least at the beginning people will come together to protect so if somebody has barbed wire in their business they will put up the barbed wire and that person that maybe has foraging skills might start doing something else and this person has medical skills might be setting up a medical facility but it's within a town or a community I believe in what 3% means more than anything I do. I have never complied one day in my entire life. I'm a libertarian. And for people that don't know what that means, it means I believe in freedom without a but, just like the founding fathers. It was not in the Constitution, leave it alone. Okay? But realistically, realistically, Say you have a state militia, I'm being hypothetical, of a thousand people, and you're spread out across a state, let's just take Idaho, Montana, New York. What good is it? You would need thousands and thousands and thousands. But if you had a town of even 15,000 people that came together, but nobody is organizing those 15,000 people, because when you do go, they say, hey, I belong to a 3% militia, would you be interested in joining? And they look at you like you're crazy. But I said at another podcast, I've seen similar to it. I've seen places come together and say, you know what, especially with their floods and you know tornadoes and natural disasters, we need to come up with a defense plan before. And I've seen it. But people have a notion of it has to be one way or no way. So I'm asking patriots, what? Why did you join a group? Why did you join a militia? Why do you? Why do you believe in this? Is it social? And if it's not social, and you really believe in survival, like I talked about today in my videos, then let's talk real survival. Real survival is not hoarding guns and ammo and pickles, unless you are in that town. And you know, you're not going to leave that town. It, you're going to have enough people to help you defend it. Then great, you have your 25,000 rounds of ammo. Good for you. You're going to be there. But God forbid you have to fall back. That ammo ain't going with you. Those pickles aren't going with you. You understand. That's when I brought the army manuals. Why is everyone so afraid to talk about real survival? I'm going to be honest with you. If it hit the fan tomorrow, what would it ta- what would you do? Well, I'll tell you what I would do. My, I'd be putting up as much damn barbed razor wire as I could and putting booby traps up and, you know, making landmines and all kinds of anything I can think of from any kind of um, science cookbook or science experiment book or eBay manuals. And here's the thing about U.S. Army manuals. They put up on the U.S. Army. Some of them go back to like the 40s and the 50s and people are so afraid. Oh my God, it's a smoke bomb. Okay, so it's a smoke bomb. We made one for Halloween out of an army manual. Big deal. I've seen pumpkin chunkins that could kill people. Learn how to make a catapult. It might be a good thing. Why are we afraid to have real life discussions? I'm not saying pumpkin chunking somebody. I'm saying... There might be a day we need these skills. Why are we so afraid to have an adult, real-life conversation on survival? Survival and prepping is not water purification, people. 
It's literally, how am I going to kill people? Or conquer an objective or do what I need to do or stop people from coming in our town. It, it should be a defensive mindset, but you have to have, you have to have these discussions. I said in my video today, it was a woman, she thinks like 65, she goes, oh, I got, all, I got my little homestead out in the country. Nobody's going to know where I am. I said, ma'am, we deliver your mail. Everybody knows where you are. How are you going to defend it? With your shotgun? Even if your immediate family was able to get there, there's no perimeter set up. There's, you're, you're sitting... Do you understand what I'm saying? Let's be realistic here. Is it a game? Is it LARPing? Is it live action role playing? Are we just pretending? And unfortunately, I'm starting to say people are. And I've said this before, if you're a patriot and you are getting on an airplane with a mask on your face, you're a hypocrite. If you are going to work every day with a mask on your face, you're a hypocrite. You're a sellout and you're a fraud. If you are not truly standing up like Jesus did and said, here I am, take me as I am, you're nothing to me. I'd rather stand next to a convicted felon who is going to say, I won't put a mask on, I will not bow to the government, than a hypocrite running around with a face diaper. I'm honest to God. See, one thing about me is I'm going to speak my mind and I make enemies. I, I, everyone hates me. I don't care anymore. I'm going to speak the truth because somebody needs to speak it. People are not speaking the truth. As much as I love you know, militia groups get together and they train. What are you training for? Come on, really. What are you training for? First of all, unless you all are going to get to that compound before it hits a fan, you're never going to get to a compound. And if that compound isn't already set up with all your supplies you're going to need to be able to literally bug in there, what are we pretending about? What is the purpose of this? Let's just be honest. You want to get some military kind of training and you don't want to pay for it? Okay. Be honest. I didn't say that. You want to meet some like-minded people so you feel connected to something? Then say it. But if you think you're going to get in your truck, load up 20,000 rounds of ammo, all your guns, all your possessions, your animals and your family, go pick up grandma from the nursing home and get to some compound that has nothing in it that has not been prepared way in advance because no one wants to tell you where this compound is come on come on people really I have been to a compound I've been to several and they're works in progress this is not people that take this seriously it's an ongoing project ongoing project and even they tell me you know they always told me you could put your RV down here put your RV down on our compound well I would have to go live down there I mean like we'll help you fix it up well I would have to go down there because I'm over an hour away if it hit the fan I'm not going to probably make it down there I don't care if it's back roads or what roads 
In fact, I'm probably going to sell my RV if anyone wants a fifth wheel in South Carolina because realistically, there's no point to it. Originally, I thought I was going to go haul it off the grid, but where am I going to go off the grid by myself? It's not realistic. So who, um, who am I going to be around if it hits the fan? The people in my community, the people in my town. And yet we're afraid to have a realistic dialogue and say, you know what? If the mission truly is to fight tyranny and learn survival skills and prepare, then great, have a formal group. But why not have com- community auxiliary divisions, since auxiliary is this word everyone loves, they don't have to sign an oath. They don't have to say an oath. They're just preppers and people that you're going to get to know because they're in your community. And you're going to hope when it gets close to hitting the fan, or if it does, they will obviously come to you rather than leave and go somewhere else because you'll be able to tell them at that point or whatever the scenario is. But patriots, let's be real. Let's have a realistic conversation. Go out and buy some real manuals off of eBay if you're going to survive. If I was in a town, the first thing I would do is look at all the roads into the town, make maps of them, find out exactly how we were going to close them off, where the people were going to have positions. So if people were trying to come into the town, they would be taken out beforehand. There would be road mines and booby traps and snare wires and everything you could think of that go back to the Vietcom jungle. Otherwise, all we're doing is playing a game of Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I'm Kalishna Kitty. Have a blessed night.